Bobby Joe Stennett was 23 years old and eight months pregnant on December 16th, 2004, the day she lost her life. She was found by her mother, Becky Harper. During the frantic 911 call, she described the scene as having blood everywhere, and it looked like Bobby Joe's stomach had exploded. The truth of her death was tragic and beyond disturbing. Welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Dan, here with my co-host, Ben. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing the murder of Bobby Joe Stinnett. Um, this was big news when it happened back in 2004. Yeah, I'm um, not familiar with it. But well, it's, it, I mean, you know, we were in college at the time, probably. Judging by that intro, this does not sound yeah, pleasant. No, this was, this was a terrible case. It's, it's one of the more disturbing ones I've researched, honestly. Um... But let's get started. Let's talk about a little bit about Bobby Joe. Uh, Bobby Joe and her husband Zeb lived in Skidmore, Missouri. Uh, it's a very small town in northwestern Missouri. Okay. And strangely enough, even though it's a, a tiny town, Skidmore has been um, home to some very interesting cases. We haven't discussed any more of them on here, but I thought maybe I'd cover some of them just because they're they're local to this one we're talking about. Okay. But uh, it's strange how there's there have been several notable cases from this one small town. Um but she and her husband, they, they raised and sold rat terriers. Uh, and they also went to rat terrier or to dog shows with their, with the rat terriers. Um, and Bobby Joe was also really active in this online rat terrier community called Ratter Chatter. Okay. Um, so there's just, she's really big into those. She's pregnant. Um, they didn't have a lot of money, but you know, things were going pretty well for them. You know, they, they, they had a good life. They had their dogs. They were having a baby. Things were looking good. Right. Uh, and that was until uh, until December 16th. Uh, now, as we said, uh, her mother was trying to get a hold of her, couldn't get a hold of her, went over to her house and found her. There was just so much blood. She said it looked like Bobby Joe's stomach had exploded. Um, and now investigators, when they got there, were able to determine that Bobby Joe had been strangled mm-hmm. and then had her fetus cut out of her womb. Oh, dear God. Um, Wait, was the... Was it still there? No, or had it been no, taken? It had been taken. Fetus was taken. Now, um, a, it, it appeared because there was blood on Bobby Joe's feet in between. This was a woman that did this, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. It, it, There's blood on Bobby Joe's feet in between her toes. So what it the investigators were able to determine was that she was strangled and lost consciousness, but was not dead, and woke up again while she was being cut open. Oh. And stood up and tried to fight off her attacker, who you know then knocked her back unconscious. Jesus, and Christ. cut her open and took the baby. That uh, is maybe the most horrific thing I've ever heard. Yeah, well, it, it is. And we do a terrible. true crime podcast, so that's it's terrible. Um, now, Bobby Joe's actual cause of death was not strangulation or anything like that. It was uh, it was blood, blood loss. loss. Yeah, uh, because she she bled out after that. It's it's. I think it's nearly impossible to do a, even a cesarean in a hospital without giving someone a blood transfusion. Right, right. So just someone imagine trying to do it at home with a you know a knife or whatever. It's just it's insane. There's um, no telling what kind of horrors that poor woman went through. Yeah. Now the 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 baby was gone, and um, how how far along was she? Eight months. So the fetus is viable, oh, but it, it's or it's still a month early, still huh. still about four weeks early. Um, I don't know if exactly it's four weeks, but she's around eight months now. Um, so there's a good chance the baby's still alive. Okay. And 
authorities want to find that baby. That's that's the main thing right now. Yeah, of course. Find the baby. I mean, you, you want to find the killer, but find that baby. Um, so immediately the sheriff uh, attempts to send out an Amber Alert. And the state actually denied his request. Because they didn't consider it a baby? Well, no, it's not that they didn't consider it a baby. It's just there was no description of anything. Oh. Um, and I guess it didn't even have a birth certificate yet. Who would no, you? no birth certificate. Uh, no one had ever seen the baby to have any kind of description of right. it. Got we it. didn't even know. We didn't know. Who, they didn't know, rather, who the perpetrator was. They didn't have a description of the perpetrator. All they knew was the uh, a neighbor had said there was sort of a beat-up car, possibly a hatchback. In the dry, red one in the in dr- the driveway that day, so they had you know a, a red dirty car, right? I guess is, you do need a description of the kid. To yeah, have that's, an Amber that's alert. really all you have. But they did manage to get the Amber Alert out because the sheriff sort of went over the state police's head and went to uh, a congressman and got him to kind of lobby for it and get an Amber Alert out there to get get the word out there that this baby. How has long disappeared. did this take? It, it, it didn't take very long at all, actually. Okay. Like they they had that out soon, and, and it was actually becoming. Uh, national news, you know, with, within 24 hours, too. So um, they actually... Um, I mean, whoever this person is, they had to be covered in blood. Well, yes, definitely would. But, I mean, if no one actually saw them leave there, they, they could have gone somewhere and cleaned up, right? Now, um, Becky Harper, that was Bobby Joe's mother. Okay. Um, she knew that Bobby Joe... Uh, was expecting someone to come over to look at a dog that day. Okay. Someone she had been uh, talking to online. And It wasn't someone she knew, just someone who was interested? Someone in she, she knew online, basically. Someone that she talked to online, and um, and they were interested in the rat terror. They were going to come over and look at the puppies. Okay. Um, now, they uh, the investigators start looking. They dig in the computer, and they find some email communication between Bobby Joe and a woman named Darlene Fisher, who is from Fairfax, Missouri. Okay. All right. And they're thinking, well, this is the person that's supposed to be here today to meet her and look at these dogs. So they start looking into Darlene Fisher of Fairfax, Missouri, and there is no Darlene Fisher of Fairfax, Missouri. Oh, There's not one living anywhere near Fairfax, Missouri. Flag. So at this point, they're thinking, we've got an alias here. This is, this is looking worse and worse. So, as I said, this is making national headlines, and they have got an Amber Alert out. So they receive a tip from someone, and I'm not sure if she saw this on the news or saw the Amber Alert or, or whatnot, but this this woman uh, called in a tip, and she said she suspected a woman named Lisa Montgomery. Lisa Montgomery. Right. Did she say why she suspected her? Yes. Now, Lisa um, also raised rat terriers and went to these dog shows. Okay. And um, she had been telling people at dog shows that she was pregnant. However... Nobody really believed her because she didn't have a baby bump. She wasn't looking pregnant. She's right. supposed to be several months pregnant. And it's a very then, bizarre lie to tell. Yes, it is. Um, and then she all of a sudden she had her baby. She gave birth on the day that Bobby Joe was murdered. Really? Yes. Uh, so they say we should need to look into Lisa Montgomery. Yeah, this is yeah. this is a suspect, obviously. Right? So they 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 look up Lisa Montgomery. They just find her, and then she's living in Melbourne, Kansas. All right. Okay. So they they've gotten this tip. They're working through that. Now it takes a little while. Uh, when they found that email, they were able to get the IP address. But in 2004, it takes a little while to track down an IP address. Right. Right. So about this time, they get back that IP address. Uh, and it, well, they get back you the location what, of the IP address. Uh, was it 
a message board for or something or what? Um, they it was a chat room. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Ratter Chatter was a chat room, and I think they may have had a message board as well. Did they need a court order to get the uh, yes. get the IP address? Yes. Well, well, I I don't, I don't know that they had to have a court order. I know they're able to get the, they were able to get the IP address from the email. Oh, okay. So, so I'm not sure that they, they gotcha. needed a court order. And I know that the people from Ratter Chatter were actually uh, cooperating with them, trying to find messages uh, between Bobby Joe and anyone else to point out. Um, so gotcha. they, they wouldn't have needed a court order. These people wanted to help. Okay, right? okay. Um, but at any rate, um, they, um, they they tracked down the IP address, and, and they had the IP address, but like I said, in 2004, it takes a little time. Yeah, of course. Um, to, to find out where this is. They finally track it down. And it's registered to a man named Kevin Montgomery in Melvin, Kansas. Ah. And Kevin Montgomery is married to a Lisa Montgomery. Well, I think we found so our suspect is, here. Yeah, you, you, this, is, this is all lining up, right? Um, and this is really good. So the FBI goes and starts surveilling the house. And they see this dirty red sort of beat up car out front that matches the description. Matches the description, yeah. They see Lisa Montgomery going into the house with a baby. Ah. Oh. Um, now, obviously, Lisa Montgomery did claim she had just given birth. So if she had given birth, she would have had the baby too, right? Did she say where she'd given birth? Well, that, we'll get to that. We'll get okay, to that. Okay. Um, now, authorities go um, go to the house and you know they, they basically knock on the door and say, we're just looking into all new births because we've had this baby go missing in this terrible instance. And you know, we just want to come in here and we want to ask you a few questions and everything. So they start questioning uh, Lisa and her husband separately about it. And um, Lisa goes through several different stories that she tells them. Like she tells them at first that she had gone on a shopping trip to Topeka um, which the day before this was, this was just the next day. This was within 24 hours. By the right, way. Right, right. Um, so she tells them at first that she had gone on a shopping trip to Topeka. And um, while she was on the shopping trip, she went into labor. So she gave birth in a, a, a women's hospital there in Topeka. Okay. And then brought the baby back home. I'm guessing there was. And so the police say, well, all right, let's see your, can we see your discharge papers? We yeah, just need to investigate enough. this. And she says, well, that, that's not actually what happened. Oh. Um, I didn't want to tell my husband this uh, because we, we don't have any money, but I actually gave birth here at home and some of my friends were here to help me. I said, well, who are your friends? Well, let us call your friends so we can check that out. And she said, well, actually, they, they weren't actually here. Um, they they were just on call if I needed them. Oh, they were, they were okay. on standby, right? And they keep asking her questions, and she eventually confesses right there in the home that she did kill Bobby Joe Stinnett and take the baby. Um, now, her husband, though, um, upon further investigation, actually thought she gave birth. Um, now, to, to tell um, the entire story, now, th- this first part is, is Lisa saying this, that the reason she had to go get this baby was because she'd been telling her husband, Kevin, that she was pregnant right. uh, for quite some time. And she had told him this several times. And there's always something that happened. Like she lost the baby, had a miscarriage. Uh, she had a stillbirth. She, one time she was supposed to get an abortion. Right. And this time she was telling him that, you know, she was pregnant and he was like, he didn't believe her. So she told him that she had an appointment on December 17th, which the day after the murder mm-hmm. uh, with her OB. And he said, well, I want to go with you then. She said, okay, but but then she knows, you know, Kevin's going to find out that I'm not pregnant right. because I don't have an appointment with any OB, right? 
Um, and she's like, oh, I'm afraid he'll get violent or something. I don't know if that was true or not. Um, but she, she felt like she had to go get this baby. Now, Kevin really did believe that she'd given birth, though. Like you say because, get this baby like she just needed to head down to the store. To I, mean. I mean, I, I understand. I just, I, I just, it seems like she was desperate for a child at this point, right? For, yeah, for whatever clearly. reason. Um, so, Kevin. I mean, this seemed to be some sort of fixation with her, too. If she'd been, obviously, this she'd gone through this several times, telling people she was yeah. pregnant. Oh, yeah, yeah, several times. Um, now, Kevin Though he hadn't believed her, apparently, according Could to her she story. she get pregnant? She, it, well, it turns out that in 1990, she'd had tubal ligation. Oh. Um, so, no, she couldn't get pregnant. She'd okay. had four children, and then in 1990, had tubal ligation. Yeah, so, I don't know exactly what that is. But I'm uh, she had her tubes tied. She can't tied. get pregnant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, she, she could not get pregnant. Uh, and she, she knew this, obviously. But um, Kevin, her husband, didn't know this. Uh, she never told him. And Oh, dear God. He he actually believed, apparently he wasn't very bright, that she had given birth um, in Topeka, just like she said she had, because she'd been telling forever she was pregnant. And then she calls him and says, hey, I, I just gave birth here in Topeka at this women's center. Can you come pick me up? But she hasn't picked her up at a fast food restaurant. Like, I don't know what the story was. And, she and said, he, I had somebody drop me off over here to get some food. Wait, I don't wait, know. Wait. There were no red flags going off. Like I said, I don't think Kevin's very bright. Okay. Uh, you would that, think there'd be some red There's flags, not but. very bright, and there's, hey, I just gave birth. Can you come pick me up at the local fast food joint? I I understand right. that. I mean, you I see understand the, the disparity that. between it's, those It's two insane. Things, right? It's absolutely insane. But that's what she told him. And just to, to see Kevin in interviews and stuff, I really don't, I believe that he did not think she murdered someone for this baby. Uh, like, I... I I'm assuming that he really did believe it, and maybe she just okay, look, told maybe, him so much crazy shit over the years. I can understand I why you wouldn't immediately jump to brutally murdered and cut the baby out of someone. But wouldn't your first thought probably be, oh, dear God, she stole this baby? I, it would be for me. Yeah. I don't know about Kevin. All right? But like I said, she admits to this there in the house. So... They started investigating. They start digging through the Montgomery's computer, and they found out that Lisa had uh, been researching how to perform C-sections online. Oh, and um, she had been sort of stalking Bobby Joe online as well, keeping up with her pregnancy and stuff. And she knew her from the community, from the yeah, she had, Well, community. she had met her before. I wouldn't say she really knew her, but she had met her at one of these dog shows. And... She probably, you know, Bobby Joe probably mentioned, hey, I'm pregnant at the time. And, you know, Lisa just zoned in on that oh, and just stalked her from then on out. Now, um, they 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 find that stuff on the computer, right? Then they look uh, out in the car, the red car that they'd seen there. And there's so much evidence in the car. Um, in the trunk, there's the bloody knife that she used. Um, and also there's a piece of the umbilical cord in the trunk. Oh, there's Lord Daniel. And um, in the front seat of the car, well, in the in the front cab right of the car, um, there is a note with Bobby Joe's address on it. So there's just there's. I mean, she's already admitted to it, but there's tons of evidence here. Like she she didn't really try very hard to cover this up. Yeah, this clearly just, not. Um, like she seemed like she was like completely out of her mind. No, no, I I completely. I think you probably have to be to do something like this. 
Uh, I, I mean, I'm not saying she didn't. She obviously planned this. This was very much premeditated. But I don't think you can be in your right mind and do something like this. I, I, I don't know how you could be. Uh, right. Um, now, let me just go on and say the baby was was fine. I probably should have mentioned that earlier. Uh, the, the baby was was fine. Well, that's good. There was no problem. They, they took the baby to the hospital, check everything out. A lot of times when babies come early, they, they need to be in the NICU. Right, but this, right. this baby was, was, for having been, you know, an amateur C-section, baby's doing great. She was she was okay. That is shocking, but... Uh, and it's great news. Bright spot in the story, I suppose. They did DNA testing just to be sure, and this was uh, Zeb and Bobby Joe's daughter. Okay. Um, now, we move on because, obviously, Lisa Montgomery committed this crime. Yeah, yeah, I think now um, she she is tried federally for this though um, because it it's a did crime. She cross state lines. Or? Well, she did, but this was apparently it wasn't necessarily because of that. Uh, anytime a kidnapping resulting in death ah right. uh, is always going to be a federal crime. Yeah, I didn't think um, of it. I, I don't know why I didn't think of it as a kidnapping. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But that, that's always a federal crime, and and then the fact that she crossed state lines as well with the child, it's, it's going to make it a federal crime. Right. Um, now this would, um, bring a sentence of either life in prison or the death penalty. Okay. Um, and she was obviously found guilty and was sentenced to death. Um, now, I mean, given the nature of the crime, it's, it's understandable why a jury would choose to. Yes. And it, it is. I mean, I'm not even a fan of the death penalty, but I can understand why a jury would. Would vote for it. I, I understand as well. Um, I assume it was a jury. I mean, it, I well, think actually, in some states a judge can impose it. Well, well, this is a federal case, so I think. Oh, the, like a, I think the actually the judge does sentencing in any kind of federal case. There's not a. I, right? I, I was under the impression that, you had, that for the death penalty you had to have a jury. I'm, federally, I'm not sure. I think. Okay. I think it, may be it, a judge. it may differ from. I, I'm not. I'm not actually positive on these details, but she was sentenced to death at any rate. Yeah. So um, don't take our word on yeah. this on this stuff here. Now let's. Um, but let's talk about Lisa Montgomery for a minute. Okay. Okay. Like we said, you can't do be in your right mind if you do this. Okay. Um, I know that this this was a terrible, disturbing crime, and I know this was premeditated. But Lisa Montgomery was a severely mentally ill person. No question about that. Um, I would say. She was seriously abused as a child. Uh, she had brain damage. Now, um, there are some claims that the brain damage came from her mother's alcoholism when she was pregnant, mm-hmm. which, which is proven, not, not to say that's where her brain damage came from, but we know that her mother was an alcoholic when she was pregnant with Lisa. And Lisa's stepfather also would grab the back of her head mm-hmm. and slam her head against hard surfaces uh, quite often when she was a child. Jesus. So th- this woman had brain damage, literal brain damage. Um, her mother and stepfather also sex trafficked her to her stepfather's friends and to uh, people that would do services for them, you know, like work around the house, stuff like that for the services. No, they, they trafficked this girl, her, her own mother that's supposed to protect her was trafficking this girl. Her stepfather raped her of from, I think it was nine to 10 onward. Uh, 10, 10 was what I read onward. Um, I mean, that is a special kind of terrible household. Man. Oh, it is. And and her stepfather was raping her the whole time, too. So this girl had been through a ton. And 
she had been through abusive relationships when she was an adult. It's like, so she had four children, but she's with these abusive partners. And, you know, she actually had diagnoses, um, you know, after, after, you know, she committed these crimes and people were, you know, looking at her and trying to understand her mental condition. Um, she had PTSD, depression, and borderline personality disorder. Right. Um, as well as a, now this was contested, um, but the the defense would claim that she had pseudosiasis. I'm not sure what that is. Which is a condition where a woman is not pregnant, but she believes she is. that she is pregnant. But so her body actually um, I, I, shows symptoms of, symptoms of pregnancy. Of yes. Um, I've heard of that. I just said, yeah. didn't know that it was real, though. Um, so, well, the, apparently it is real, but in this case, we're not positive if it was. I mean, um, I sincerely doubt that she genuinely believed it. I mean, because why would she feel the need to go exactly. steal a baby if yeah. she genuinely believed she was pregnant? Exactly. Right? So, so that, that was contested in trial, though the, her other mental illnesses were not, I mean, obviously this woman had these mental illnesses. Yeah, of course. Um, so... I will say, even though this was a heinous crime, I don't think the government should be putting anyone to death that's that mentally ill. So I, I'm, I agree with you, uh, but I, I tend to oppose the death penalty in general. Right. This one obviously does not understand right and wrong the way that anyone else does. When you've been abused that severely as a child, I think your perception of that's going to be warped. Yeah, I tend at, to agree. At best. Um I, I'm sure she knew she was doing something wrong. No, but I'll be honest. Most of my objections to the death penalty are just kind of like epistemic. I, I just, I don't know that we can, in most cases, we can know that they're guilty with enough confidence I, to, to, and to I completely agree death. with that. Though in this case, that's my biggest complaint and that doesn't seem to be an issue. Yeah. Right? This case, she, we know that she did it, but again, I personally, I don't think anyone that is that mentally ill, we should. Yeah, I, I can agree with you. I, I we think. should be putting to death. Now, that being said, I'm not saying that she didn't even deserve to die. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, Bobby Joe's family doesn't deserve that justice. I'm just saying that I'm not sure that it is our place or our government's place to make that decision when someone's that mentally ill. Um, now, uh, we, we we had a case before, we bring this up a lot, like the case of Daniel LaPlante. Yeah. Who was also severely, um, severely abused as a child and ended up uh, terrorizing people and committing a murder. Yeah. Now, he wasn't sentenced to death. Right. Um, but again, I don't think he can be released to the public. And obviously, I wouldn't think that Lisa Montgomery could have been released. Yeah, but we're not talking about whether she should be released. No, we're no, talking about whether not. she ought to be put to death. Um, uh, has she been put to death yet? Uh, yes, she has, actually. Um to to finish that story, uh, her her lawyers um, tried several different appeals uh, and a lot of things in the eleventh hour trying to stop it. Uh, her execution was actually um, scheduled for December of twenty twenty. Um, however, it had to be postponed um, a couple of times. One because her lawyers had COVID, um, and then it was rescheduled for January of twenty twenty. Now, what you have to understand is that on January twentieth. Of twenty or excuse me, twenty twenty one. On January twentieth of twenty twenty one was when Joe Biden would be inaugurated. Okay, and Biden had promised to put a moratorium on all federal executions. Right, right. So it, basically, if her lawyers could have delayed it until the twentieth of January, she, she would have been commuted to life in prison. Gotcha. Um, 
but they were not able to. They took things all the way to the Supreme Court, uh, arguing that she did not understand um, her actual sentence of death, uh, understand all the consequences of what she had done. And the Supreme Court voted six to three against her and ordered that she be executed immediately. And she was executed on January 13th, seven days before Biden would have been inaugurated. What's her, the, the lady's name that she murdered? Bobby Justin. What did her family think? No, her family, I mean, they completely supported uh, her being executed. And I don't blame them. And that's generally uh, the case with victims. You know, uh, entire, it's, it's impossible. Especially when you know that this is. I mean, and part the, of the function of a justice that. system. I mean, you know, obviously I think rehabilitation should be a, right. an important aspect, but particularly in cases where you can't, where rehabilitation is probably not going to be a reasonable uh, uh, conclusion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, another important function of a justice system is to give the victims peace. Uh, I, people have to feel that there's a that the justice system works for them. I agree. And there have been several cases where I I feel like the victim's family has has jumped um, a little, jumped to conclusions a bit yeah. and, and want the death penalty in cases where we haven't had real solid proof that this person committed the crime. Yeah. yeah. But in this one, we know that it was Lisa McDonald. I mean, we've seen families cling yeah. to, uh, even if we're not talking about the death penalty, just cling to uh, assumptions of guilt long after... Uh, it, it seems obvious that the, oh, right. the that they're uh, innocent. Right. I mean, we saw that in the what the West Memphis Three case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, eventually, I think all the parents have changed their mind. They don't think it was the the three. Mm-hmm. I think well, well, maybe not all. Uh, some of the parents have died since then, so I'm not sure right. how they. Feel, well, but... I mean, I'm talking about in the Paradise Lost yeah. Lost movies. I know in the in the first one. They were all pretty much right. burn them, mm-hmm. and then uh, as the as the documentary series went on, I know that most of them changed their mind. Right, but in this case, I mean, there was so much overwhelming evidence that we knew it was Lisa McGarvey. Right, this was not um, about guilt, and I I cannot disagree with the family at all. I'm, I'm not trying to disagree with the family. I think they had every right to to want that that death penalty. Um, I, as just I just said, I just I don't agree with the death penalty mostly because obviously you can never know for sure if this person committed the crime, but also when someone is so mentally ill, I'm not sure if they can be held to that same set of standards, set of standards. I'm not saying they can't be held to a standard just to put them to that standard. Right. right, Is, is seems a bit harsh to me. Um, But uh, like now I will say that I'll be honest. That does seem like a, like a, a very large mitigating factor. It does. Now, but let me, let me go a little farther though. Right. Um, now, I think that, like, I, I'm not trying to advocate, uh, you know, vigilante justice or anything. But if, like, one of her, like, if her husband or her mother had sort of snapped and went and found Lisa Montgomery when she was, you know, on the way into the courthouse and shot her, I would not think that person should stand trial even. Like, let them go, right? I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I understand. I, I would not blame them that, for that, doing well, that. Well, there's a difference between completely understanding and I, not wanting you tried. I, I just I don't want to encourage people to well, take no, no, justice no, I don't into either, their own But hands. I think that you, I, I, I would say that that person was definitely out of their mind and shouldn't be held to that standard either, right? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, friend, now, there was a case uh, several years ago of, uh, I don't know if you remember this, a man named David Barajas. That um, name sounds familiar. He, um, this, this is not any part of that case, but just what we're talking about, right? Uh, David Barajas was on the way home uh, from somewhere with his family one night and their vehicle broke down. So he and his two young sons get out to push the car. Okay. I believe one was 11, one was 12. Uh, and while they're pushing a drunk driver comes along and 
crashes into their car, killing both the children. Oh, God. Now, they were not very far from David Barajas' house. And somehow, not proven, but somehow, someone went and got a three fifty seven Magnum, which David Barajas had ammunition and a holster for in his home, but mm-hmm. not the gun, and shot that man in the head before the authorities got there. Ah. Oh. Now... A lot of people think this was probably David Barajas. Yeah. And he, he went to trial for that, but I would not have even tried to send that man to trial, honestly. I, you, how can was you. The, was the guy drunk? Yeah, he was drunk. He was drunk. Oh, driver. God. Like, are you, how do you. How do you. How do you hold someone whose two sons were just basically just murdered? murdered? Yeah, no, to, I, I understand. You know what I'm saying? Uh, now, David Barajas was acquitted on this. Uh, they said there wasn't enough evidence. I think mostly it's just a jury in Texas is not going to find someone guilty for that. Yeah, probably not. Um, but, but right, that that's the case. That, but that, I, that I'm sounds like a jury surprised. was looking for a reason to acquit the guy. Yeah, I, I'm also surprised the prosecutor chose to move on that one. Uh, but like I said, it's just you can't you can't hold a parent whose child has been murdered, or you know someone that's had that kind of trauma to the same standard either. I feel like, so I, I just, I just feel like there are certain extenuating circumstances in these kind of cases where like, you know, this person was obviously not in their right mind. Uh, now I'm not going to argue it nearly as hard for Lisa Montgomery as you know, a lot of people would. I, I, I can understand feeling the need that she be, she be put to death for what she did. Cause it was a heinous crime. Oh God. Um, but like I said, it's, you have mitigating factors here with the mental illness. And I think it's something that, we should have discussions about, and we should at least think about. No, I agree. I mean, and, yeah. and let's be honest, with life in prison, she's, she can't harm anyone else. Right. I remember when we first restarted uh, federal executions um, in, I want to say it was 2001. Mm-hmm. Like, we'd had, a, I don't know how many years we had. It had been since 72 or 76? Uh, sometime in the 70s. I honestly do not remember. I think it was 72. Um, but at any, I think it was 72. But at any rate, the first person they executed was Timothy McVeigh. Right. I had still just to have no problem with him being executed, right? Fair like enough. no, but but still, you're going to have certain circumstances where I feel like it's just it's just not the right option. Um, but this has been sort of a dark episode, and yeah, a little uh, bit. Um, but it's a uh, it's an interesting case. It's something I wanted to discuss. Um, we'd like to thank you. Hey, also, for, I want to point uh, out if you are somebody who is in favor of the death penalty, no judgment. Like I. Absolutely understand people be supporting the death penalty. I supported it for years. Right, right. Um, well, like just like I said, my, my my main disagreement is it's it's hard to really know who committed. I just the don't crime. trust Even the justice system this, enough yeah, at this point to um, be putting people to death. Nah, you you can't. You really can't. Um, but again, it's probably a good place to wrap up here. Yeah. Um, we'd like to thank you for watching slash listening to Fact and Suspicion. Um, if you enjoy our content, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, interact any way you can. Like, subscribe. Tell other people. Tell other people. That's the biggest thing. And the more views and listens we get, the more, you know, it really helps us out. Thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thanks a lot.